Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Just bear with me. We'll just be a few more moments here today. These are the reasons why we bring to just one service, just so that we can take the time necessary to try to do this twice would be um, almost impossible to try to duplicate it. So I thank you for each week this month, just coming together and being inconvenienced some. Um, But I pray that it has been a challenge to you. In Lucas County, there's only 217 homes of um, foster parents in Lucas County. And um, there's about 500 and 80 or so homes that are needed to be able to accommodate all the children that would be here in Lucas County, our own county. In the state of Ohio, there are 16,000 kids in the foster care system but there's only 7,000 homes in all 88 counties. And so there's a desperate, desperate need of parents, homes, families. And what better families to foster children than Christian families? I was told this statistic, if one out of every five Christian families in the state of Ohio would foster children, there would be no no more uh, children in the foster care system that did not have a home to be placed in. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if every child in the foster care system in our county and in our state had a Christian home, a mom and dad that loved each other, that loved the Lord, that would raise that child for as long as the Lord would have them in their home, raise that child to know the Lord, raise that child to know God's word. What a great ministry that is. And I want to just, just say publicly to our church, I believe this is a great need. Churches should be the solution to the biggest problems in the community. If we're not, then what are we doing? What are we doing? If we're not fixing, resolving problems, the, the, the fruit of the problems in this community, many times, the, the fruit of it is the foster children. It's not always because they've done something. Many a times they're in this situation, not by their choice. We looked at last week on how we can deal with addictions in our community. And many a times because of the, the stronghold of addictions that are happening all around us, the fruit of that is children that need loving families to care for them. The church has to do something. And that's been my prayer this month, church, as we come to each of these weeks, as we started with a need for a Bible for every person, every language, as we went to dealing with addictions, and as we've now come to this week, fostering in children, there is a need, a worldwide need in front of us as a church. And we have a great God that I believe we can resolve these issues 
if we changed, if we made a difference, if we did things differently, if we thought differently, if we behaved differently, it's going to take an investment. It's going to take an investment. But I believe this, the lives of these young children in our community are worth it. And the reason why they're worth it is because Jesus Christ is worth it. And he is the reason that we would even invest in the lives of this generation. Families helping families. What what greater of a model of a Christian could there be than families families helping families? And maybe you couldn't. Maybe, Maybe you're not able to foster or adopt. But I know what you can do. You can pray and you can support families that do. You can come alongside of them. And you can cheer them on. And you can be a friend that they need, the supporter they need. I hurry here. Galatians chapter 7. Galatians chapter number 7. I want to encourage you once again, please, after the service, please leave through the gymnasium today. Go by each of these booths. These ministries and and, uh, representatives have taken their own time to come here. And uh, they want to meet you and we want you to meet them. And so please just show them uh, that, uh, that you appreciate their sacrifice and willingness to be here today and uh, go by and meet them. If you would please and gather information. I want to look at today the, the wonderful doctrine of adoption. In Galatians chapter four, verse number one, the Bible says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all but is under the tutors of and governors until the time appointed of their father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. One of the wonderful, wonderful pictures of our salvation, one of the wonderful pictures of what Jesus Christ did for us now that we are saved, a child of God, is this picture of adoption. It's a biblical thing. We see it here in scripture. And I want to just take a few moments here today and let's, uh, let's look at this doctrine of adoption. Father in heaven, we pray today that you would feed us here today from your word. Lord, our hearts have been stirred. We've, we pray, Lord, honored those to whom honor is due. And Lord, we have sung about you. We've exalted you. We've exalted your name. And Lord, we gather here today because of Jesus Christ. These ministries that are here today and we're highlighting today, they're here because of Jesus Christ. You loved us and Lord, we want to show love to others. And so Lord, today I pray that you would give us something from heaven that only your spirit could give us. Lord, in these next few moments, I pray that you'd challenge us, that you would encourage us. I pray, Lord, that you'd remind us 
of our wonderful salvation through Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray today, if there is one here today that has never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, God, our prayer today is that they would become saved, that you would show them the need of their salvation. They would understand today that you love them, that Jesus Christ died for them. And today they can be a child of God. We praise you and we pray that you would do this. And we submit ourselves and our mind and our hearts to you today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All religions teach this. They teach that people are delivered from judgment by their own works, works of morality or works of religion. But if you took major religions today, you would find that every one of them would say this, there's something that you must do in order for you to merit salvation. For you to be able to get away from judgment that we're going to face, you have to do something. Bible Christianity is the only religion that teaches salvation is by faith alone. And that's what we preach. We preach the Bible. The Bible tells us that salvation is by faith alone, not faith plus works, but faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Satan works very hard. He, he works very hard to overthrow this truth and replace it with lies wherever he possibly can. Satan wants us to believe this, that you have to do something to merit your salvation, and he wants you to believe that faith in Jesus Christ is not sufficient. There's something more that has to be done. And so you'll try your entire life to try to earn salvation or merit heaven only to come to this conclusion, you cannot and you failed. So we are always in every generation, the Christian, the Bible believer, the, the, those that believe in the true gospel of Jesus Christ in every generation is fighting for the truth of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is salvation is by faith. It's by faith and not by works. And Paul writes in this book of Galatians, he writes here to affirm this truth. Look with me, if you would, in chapter number two, verse number 16, just a, a page or so over where you are in your Bible. The Bible says this, Paul writing to the church uh, here says this in verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. He's saying it's not because you've kept the law. It's not because you're a good person. It's not because you're a moral person. No person could be saved because of that, because we cannot ever fulfill the law. We can't keep the law. He says this, but by faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ. He says it once again. He says again that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Three times already in this verse, he's reminding us over and over again. And then again, he says this, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Paul says it in this one verse and repeats it and repeats it and repeats it again. He's trying to hammer that point home. No man is saved. No man is justified because of the law, because of being a good person. A man is only justified because of his faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. Justified means this, God declares the sinner righteous in his eyes because he believes 
in Jesus Christ. Justified, just as if you had never sinned. How could a person who was born a sinner like you and I, and the Bible teaches us that all of us are born and dead and trespasses and sin, how could we be justified before God? How could it be that God would allow us to enter into heaven? How could we be reconciled back to God? It's because of our faith in Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. And so Paul continues in this chapter, in this book, to reaffirm salvation is through Jesus Christ. He does that because Christ, God justifies us because Christ paid the penalty for our sins. We preach Christ. We preach Christ crucified. Look with me in Galatians 3, verse number 10. The Bible says this, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Here we find Paul is telling us it's not through the law. So Paul has contrasting between faith in between the law here in this chapter, in this book of Galatians. He tells us this, that the law, the law, it, it, it defines us. It tells us that we're sinners. We are all sinners. We're born in dead and trespasses and sin. For all of us, we're born sinners. The law tells us that. The law also, it demonstrates sin is rebellion against God. It's the law that tells us this. The law, thirdly, it understands that we are under the penalty of death. The law tells us because we are sinners, because we have rebelled against God, that our payment, our, we're, we're under death. The law demonstrates as well is that the law can't save us. So the law was never instituted to save mankind. It was there to define sin. It was there to demonstrate sin as rebellion against God. It was there to understand that we are going to face the penalty of death. It is there to demonstrate that it can't save us. The law tells us this, and Paul is affirming this, that we are slaves to the law. And the law is our taskmaster. And we cannot do enough good so that the law saves us from death. And this is the situation that we find ourselves in. Paul shows us that, <clears throat> that we are, in contrast, that we're slaves. The minute we're born into this world, we're slaves to the law. We're slaves to sin. But he also reveals this, that we can find freedom in Jesus Christ. Then we come to this, this wonderful picture, this wonderful doc, doctrine of adoption. The Bible says in verse number five, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. What, what, what this adoption means is this, that we're no longer a servant, but we're a son. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful thing it is that we, you and I, can be a, a child of God. You know, one of, the, one of the most wonderful things in my life is to have five children. They bring the greatest joy. 
They can also bring the greatest sorrow. But oh, to be called dad. To be called dad. To have a child and to be in a family. Ephesians chapter number one, I want you to go over there just a a few pages here today. Ephesians chapter one, verse number three. Ephesians one, verse three. The Bible says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ because of the adoption that we have because of Jesus Christ. A person that receives Christ also receives all that Christ comes with. This is the wonderful thing of adoption. When you become a child of God, when you're adopted into God's family, you receive all of the wonderful blessings that heaven has to offer. The Bible says we're joint heirs with Jesus. We're not second best. We are a child of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus. In everything that God gives to his son, to all the wonderful blessings of heaven, we also get to participate in that as well. We find that a man, the Bible tells us this in Galatians, if we're back in Galatians chapter four, verses one through three, that a man is lost and under the, under the, under the law. We're under the authority of the law. And I want everyone to understand here today, everyone here today, the moment that you were born, you were born under the authority of the law. You were born lost. Every single person here needs a savior. And every single person here can be saved. That's the wonderful part about salvation. The wonderful part about salvation is that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible tells us here in this passage of scripture, in verse number three, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of this world. What are the elements of this world? The things that hold us captive before we met Jesus. The sin that holds us captive, the the things that are strongholds in our life false religion and, and, and sinful actions and all those things that, that uh, are become strongholds in our life, the Bible says those are what is the authority in our life. We're under that bondage. You know what? I want you to understand this today. There's not a person here today that is any better than anyone else. We're all sinners, the Bible says. We all have sinned and we all come short of the glory of God. It's not, well, this one person is born better than another person. No, we're all born under this bondage of sin. But look with me in verse number four. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. How glorious this verse is. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. Listen to me today. He didn't create his son. The Bible says that Jesus Christ has always been. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Jesus Christ has been there from the very beginning. He is God. He is God in flesh. He is the eternal God, but he was born of a woman. Full humanity and full God fully God. 
You see, the Bible tells us this, that he had to be God in order to accomplish uh, uh, what his divine purpose was, was to come and overpower sin, defeat death, defeat sin, and offer us everlasting life. He had to be God to accomplish that, and he had to be man in order to be the, the substitute for us. So the Bible says this, he is here, he, is, he was sent forth from God, but he was made or born of a woman. He had to be God to have the power of everlasting life. He had to be God in order to conquer sin, but he had to be man to take your place and my place on that cross. Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice. He's man. He's our substitute, but he is God who overpowers sin and death. And when he came, the law was still in place. And I don't have the time this morning. My time's quickly done here, but in Romans chapter eight, you would find that he came, the law was still in place. What the law could not do, Jesus Christ did. The law could not save mankind, but Jesus Christ did because Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. Jesus Christ came and he lived a perfect, sinless life. He came and he lived so that he could die for you and for me. Jesus fulfilled the law in his life for us. Go back to Galatians chapter four. Look with me in verse number five. The Bible says this, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. God wanted to redeem us. Don't miss this church. God looked out upon the sinful state of mankind Instead of God throwing us away, instead of God saying that you're useless and you have nothing for me, God said, I want to redeem you back to myself. He looked upon this human race that is full of sin and he said, I love you. God wanted to redeem us. Romans chapter eight, verse 17 tells us we're no longer a slave, but we're delivered from sin. Now we're a fully adopted son, a child of God, because God sought us. The generosity of God is staggering. The fact that God did not let mankind just die in his sin, but he sent his son to redeem us. In church, this has been all week, my or all month, the burden that we're trying to, to get our church to understand, to receive. It's missions in this thought of specifically this week and fostering and adoption. It's a need in this world. And we can't just turn a blind eye to it. We can't just say, this is too difficult, this is too hard. We can't say it's too much or the sacrifice is too great because of the sacrifice that God made for us. 
When we were dead in trespasses and sin, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay our sin debt. We owed a debt that we couldn't pay. And Jesus Christ, he paid a debt that he didn't know. God made an investment. And his investment through Jesus Christ allows us to be sons and daughters and children of God. We are adopted into the family of God. Oh, this generosity generosity of God is staggering. You now become joint heirs with Jesus with all that God possesses, all that heaven possesses becomes ours. What a wonderful picture of adoption. What a wonderful picture. Adoption is a clear, clear picture of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It's receiving all the rights receiving all the benefits and receiving all of the blessings of a family. This morning, several times this morning, when I first got up and then there in my office this morning, I went to my heavenly father in prayer. And I, I went to my heavenly father just like he was my heavenly father. I didn't have to go and say, Lord, this is, this is Jeremy, your second best son. It's, it's me, you know, the one, I'm not quite, quite good enough to be your son. I'm not quite into your family. Oh, listen to me today. As I bowed my head this morning and I began to pray to my heavenly father, I entered into his presence as his child. When my kids, when my kids come into my into my home, they they uh, unfortunately don't always knock when they come into my room. You know why? Because they're my child. My kids will come into our room and, and and lay there on our bed. Matter of fact, just before Jacob left on his honeymoon, he came in and or right before he got married, the night before he got married, he comes in and he gets on our bed. He lays on our bed like he belonged there. What right does he have to come into my home? What right does he have to come into my room? What right does he have to come onto my bed? What right does he have to eat my food? What right does he have? He is my son. And because of that, he has the right to everything that is mine. When you receive Jesus Christ as your savior, you are adopted into the family of God. You are his child. And you have a right to go before God. Jesus says this, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I, were, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm a child of God and I have a place in his house. Adoption is such a wonderful thing. It's God seeing a need and sending his son, Jesus Christ, to meet that need. You know, my friend, we see great needs in this community today. Adoption is God choosing you. You doing nothing to deserve it or to merit it. You becoming a child equal to his own. And you receive all the blessings that come with being a son. 
There's young children in this society today. They need a family to model God's love to them. They need a family to model the gospel message in their life. Uh, uh, that letter that was written to, to Larry Mary, when, when no one else cared, when no one else loved me, when nobody else wanted to be involved, Larry and Mary were a model of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why is fostering, why is adoption so vitally important for the Christian? Because it shows the salvation that God gave to us. And we can give and model it and show it to this lost and dying world that needs Jesus. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.